Hello and welcome back to another packed show. We have coming for you over the next short while. Up first, we'll be speaking to Cork City forward Saoirse Nguyen. We'll also discuss not having access to showers after matches, especially when you're playing the rain and with the winter months coming ahead. She also discusses the difference with the Gaelic football, the way they don't have dressing rooms at the moment. We'll also speak about the differences between Cork City and playing for Cork ladies footballers and much, much more. We also have a reaction from Piedmont United midfielder Karen Duggan, who scored a rocket of a goal in her side's 2-1 victory against Galway on Saturday evening. Finally, we'll be joined by Galway WFC boss Billy Cleary, who reflects on the defeat to Piedmont, the need for an under-19s Women's National League, the lack of attention the Women's National League games get from the Irish manager Vera Powell, and much, much more. First up, we'll chat to Saoirse Noonan. And we're delighted to be joined by Cork City star Saoirse Noonan, who's just had a, a superb week for Cork City. They've come off the back of three brilliant results in the Women's National League, and Saoirse comes along to join us to have a little bit of a chat about them, talk about Morting's football and just her footballing in general. Saoirse, thanks for coming along to join us. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I guess we, what we'll do is, because you go into the week against, you start off with bows away, you haven't played a game in like 17 days. You've had two games called off because of COVID. You can do all the in-house training in the world. You start with two defeats. You must have been in before that game, before that Bowls game, just itching to get back onto, onto the pitch. Yeah, definitely. It's a short enough season as it is and we're out for long enough having no games. So that break kind of hit us hard with, it was nearly three weeks, I think, before we had a game. But yeah, I think we started off against two two of the best teams in the league and we hadn't played bows yet so it was something different and it was something exciting for us um, having a new team in the league and all so yeah I think we were all eager to get out there and we were glad we got the win in the end But like I watched you I watched you on the opening day against Shelburne you lost 3-1 you scored a late penalty but the one thing that I walked away from that game talking about was the aggression in the last 20 minutes it was boiling hot weather in Talca Park and the aggression of push up, press, put Shelburne under pressure. It sort of left a, a little a little glint in my eye to say, I'd like to see if they could do that for more. And then obviously you go out the week later, you play P-Mounts, who are the league champions for a reason. The result doesn't go your way again. So when you come into a game against the likes of Bowes after senior games with Treaty and DLR called off, you go into a game with, with Bowes, you obviously have confidence going into them sort of games, but does the break linger in your in your mind or do you just do you just worry about trying to get three points on that day? I think just worry about the three points. We knew we didn't perform to our capability in our first two games. Though both teams, Pease and Shells, deserve respect, but we nearly gave them too much respect and sat back. And I think we showed it that we had the energy still in us at the end of the Shelburne game, like you said. And I think we proved to ourselves that we need to do that more going forward and start from earlier on instead of waiting to the last 20 minutes when we got a goal when it was too late. So I think going into the Bowls game, not knowing what they were going to be like, not knowing much on them and focusing more on ourselves ended up really benefiting us and going at it from the start and got two good first half goals that gave us a bit of a, a boost. We let that slip in the second half, but because we had played a good first half, I think we knew we could hit them expectations again and got another few goals. Yeah, it was a good day. And the kids shined that day. Lauren coming back from injury, getting her, make, uh, making her first start from injury and Laura Shine coming off the bench with two goals as well. The kids really shined in, in that game. For sure, she's a superstar. She really is. Every time she comes onto the pitch, she's just so energetic and wanting to get on the ball, wanting to take everything on board. And for her to come into a senior match like that and score two goals, it's just it's incredible to be fair. It just goes to show what hard work can do. You have the likes of Lauren coming back, 
it's just fantastic really having players like that come onto the pitch, give that extra bit of energy when you need it. Like I want to talk about something that Ronan said to me during our pre-season chat. He said, like, you were doing stuff in lockdown where you're doing Zoom calls and, and the likes of yourself, the more experienced players, were asking for more because you were seeing an awful lot of benefits from them. Like, this is probably, this season, like, a lot of people are saying, you're a very young side, but you're very settled side in terms of everybody knows each other, everybody gets on well with each other and it's a, it's a side that everybody's playing for each other. You all know what the what the task is and what you need to do. Yeah, definitely. I think the last three games now we've went unchanged or a certain eleven, and I think that's for us. It's been a long time since we've done that. We've often had many changes in our team, and it's just all the players coming on. Every player has made their debut now, and we're only what four games in, five games in, and it just it, everyone was able to play up to the standard. Everyone is enjoying their football. Everyone wants to be on that starting level and getting on to the pitch. So training has really increased, the intensity has increased. And I think lockdown actually benefited a lot of us, definitely for myself. I was able to have the time to sit back, focus on what I wanted to work on, and we all came back better players from it, I think, in the end. Like you even you even say you even say like that in terms of everybody comes back as better players. But does this season sort of with these younger players playing so well and the likes of Lauren scoring goals as well, does it take a little bit of pressure off you? Because for many years you were looked upon as as the player up top who's got who's got to get all the goals for Cork to do well, and having other people around you who can who now contribute with the goals as well, does that take a little bit of pressure off you that allows you just to play football, express yourself? Because you may not have scored the many goals that you wanted this season, but you've had a hand in quite a lot. Yeah, for sure. Like, of course, I still love to be on the score sheet and all that, but it's for the team at the end of the day. And when you have players like Christina and Sophie that you can give a good ball into and you can trust them to put into the back of the net, it's a benefit. The last three games I've played... I've moved it onto the wing to do a different job. Before we were kind of, we'd struggle for that because we wouldn't have players to move into different positions. But now we've all in all 23 players that can play the top four positions, the back four positions, and you can move it around a bit more, which gives you a bit more freedom in your attacking play. So yeah, definitely having the likes of them up top, workhorses and really, really put in a good shift in a game does take the pressure off a bit. But yeah, of course, you still want to perform and want to stand out and do good for your team and your club no absolutely totally totally agree with that like I wouldn't say that you haven't stood out this season you know even even when you aren't getting on the score sheet you've had some some very good performances then after after that Bowes game it was a third time lucky against Street United you know you're travelling up midweek you're supposed to travel up two the two the two Tuesdays beforehand and it's called off both times you must have just been happy to get that out of the way because that's an awkward one, especially they were on the back. They were on the back of two two great wins coming into that game against yourselves. Yeah, um, I think Trudy started off really well this season. They're really um, making themselves and not holding back anything. They're having a go off everyone, and they've got some fantastic wins. So we knew going up there in their home pitch, a monster derby, no one wants to lose it. So we end up all guns blazing, and they fired straight back. Yeah, again, I think previously last season we wouldn't have took our chances. Where we're taking them a lot more this year, so that's how we're getting our wins, I guess take our chances because you don't get too many in national league like especially especially away from home wins with such a short se- with such a short season with the with the break coming with the top 5 and the bottom 4 this sort of this sort of campaign everybody's expecting you to get your to get home wins at war where you're looking at but any away when you get is huge and the fact you got two in the space of the space of 3 days was was even bigger yeah for sure i think with 
the way the league is this year, nearly every game is like a cup game. If you lose one, it pushes you back down the table straight away. And you can't afford to be losing home games for sure. And when you go to away games, you need to be getting something out of them. As I said, our two first games were tricky ones, sitting down at the end of the table with no points. But I think, yeah, the last week we've shown and we've proved ourselves that we are good enough and that we want to be in that top side of the table. So hopefully we can keep that on, keep that going forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the week this week, this weekend just gone. You did get on the score sheet, a 2-0 win against Athlone Town. Athlone have been dogged as well. They've got their first win against Treaty last week. They put in a good a good performance. They although they weren't they were beating out the gate by P Mount, but obviously as everybody knows, when P Mount click it's happened to, to every club in the league that Unfortunately, on that day, you can take a bad result. But like even even them coming down to use, they would have been full of confidence. That was that was probably a, a key win, especially if you do look at the fact you you you're two wins on the bounce. Like they do say, we don't know what sort of points tally is going to get you that fifth place. It could be it could be nine. It could be it could be it could be twelve. Like it's a that was a really important one for you to come out come out with all three points. Yeah, I think before the game, we all said a few words, and one thing was that we said is we've had a long week. We've had a good week. But they won't mean, them points won't mean anything if we kind of went out with a loss at home against that loan yesterday. We really needed them three points and it was a big three points because it does push us ahead of Galway now and we're sitting in fourth and we're in the run for those spots. So yeah, it was definitely nearly like a cup game yesterday that it was a must-win game. And I think we were feeling a bit maybe fatigued even from the last two games so near to each other. But I think we put in a good shift and we can have a few days rest now and get ready for DLR next Sunday. If you talk about like three games, three games in the space of a week, that sort of thing, you don't really get to do any training sessions as such. Because if you're doing anything training-wise, it's all recovery stuff. So it's it's quite difficult also to prepare for teams as well. And the fact you've had to travel twice, you had to travel to to Bowes and you had to travel to Treaty, so you don't really get an opportunity to to do much in terms of tactical stuff in the training park. Yeah, we got home from the Bowes game Saturday evening and we had Sunday and Monday just recovery and we were back on the road again Tuesday and then you've Wednesday. We were back training Thursday trying to prepare for that loan. But there's only so much you can do in two training sessions in the space of a week to prepare for different teams. So I think, as I said, we kind of have been focusing on ourselves. We didn't know not a lot about Bowes. We didn't know much about Trudy. Just have to do the basics and just perform on the day. Absolutely. Um, I just want to touch on something because it was something you even put on social media last week. I know we're in unprecedented times at the moment, but when you're playing an away game and it's after being lashing raining, there needs to be more done in terms of facilities to at least allow you to be to get warm after a game. I know we can't really necessarily blame the FAI at the moment because we see with other sports, the Gaelic football, the clubhouses are closed. But like coming back on a bus from Cork to from Limerick to Cork, after being being in the rain, it's not really good. It's not good for for you as in terms of it's easy for someone to get sick, to get ill because you, you haven't got that opportunity to get to get out of the wet stuff. You're basically just putting on a dry tracksuit. That's disappointing. Like what can we do there? Like is it a case that maybe we need to look at if they're gonna allow players to have showers, maybe have them in small groups rather than have large congregating? Because the way I look at it is if you're in a dressing room you're in a dressing room with players, you're not getting, most League of Ireland, most women's national league clubs anyway, don't have massive huge dressing rooms. So you're already in a dressing room with players, you're already in a huddle with players, like you're in close contact and that can be difficult in terms of, how do we manage that? Yeah, for definite. I think it's the same in every situation at the moment with all sports, but I think even nearly coming back from the game the last day, none of us having showers, 
with being lashed in rain. It was nearly more unhygienic, us getting into the, like putting on clothes and just getting straight onto the bus, no showers, no nothing. And you wake up, you come home and you have your shower, but it's not the same. I think your recovery, we talk about recovery so much and how key it is. And us coming back from that game, not getting a good shower after a match and being cold, it's just not good for your bones. It's just not good for your general health. And I think it nearly took a bit of the buzz away on the bus home because everyone just wanted to get home right away and just felt disgusting. But I don't know what people, what we can do. I do, I do agree with you. I think we're in the dressing room. We're all wet. We're all touching each other in the game. If you were able to do it like a small, quick body shower, even you get in there for two or three minutes, get back out, even just to heat up. I think players would really appreciate that because it's a tough one and we're going into winter months now and we all know what the weather like is in Ireland. So it's going to be a tricky one. Look, I just want to I just want to t- change sports for a quick second. Like you look at the Gaelic football, for example, where the clubhouses aren't open. The players are even changing on the side of the pitches. So we're sort of lucky to even have dress rooms at this sort of time of the year. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm playing, I'm, playing with anyone at the moment and we go to our games togged we if we go to someone else's pitch we tog in our cars we go to Nemo we're there already we put on our jerseys at the side of the pitch so for us even to go up to other teams or even other teams to come to us in Bishopstown and to be able to use a dressing room and sit down and take out your gear and get yourself organised it's better preparation but it's still not where we need it to be but you have to take what you're given and we are lucky with the soccer that we are allowed the dressing rooms because, as I said at GA, there's no such thing as going into a dressing room. It's just change on the side of the pitch. Before we preview Sunday's game against DLR Waves, this game could be played slightly different because the fact that we are now expecting imminently in the next 24 hours or so, by the time this goes out, the announcement may be made already that we will be allowed a certain amount of fans back into the game. I know me personally, I have a little sister who's always asking to come to games with me and telling her I can't come, it'd be great just to see some supporters back in the grounds. Yeah, definitely. I have my parents there and they don't know what to do with themselves, not being able to go to all our games. So used to being everything. It's a tough one. And I think when supporters are allowed to come back, I think we'd even get more supporters than we did last season because everyone wants to be at games. Everyone's enjoying going to games again. Everyone wants to just be around it. And it's a boost for the players as well, definitely. When it's the last... 15, 20 minutes and you're tiring and you have a bit of support behind you telling you keep going, it definitely adds on and makes a difference. And of course, for home games, it's going to be a huge bonus. Hopefully, we'll get good fans to come out to our games and encourage us on. Absolutely, especially considering the start you have had this season, like to get them out. But just a little bit on, on the game the weekend, Steel or Waves, they've had two draws two draws this season. They've had a lot of games called off like, your, like yourselves. They haven't played many games. They've only played the four games this season, two draws and two defeats. I know they, they dropped points against Bowes the weekend at home, but they'll be coming down to use. They'll still have ambitions of making that top five as well. So it's another game where it's sides who we would have been looking at at the start of the season for that fifth spot. That another win potentially will put you right up there because a win will put you level on points at Wexford and allow you to play a game extra. Yeah, DLR, they're a tricky team. They were drawing one all with Shelburne up until... Pearl got ahead in the 94th minute. That just goes to show what they're capable of. I think it's going to be a very physical battle, so we'll have to be well up for it. They are coming down to our pitch. Hopefully we can, as you said, get Porters back in and they'll boost us on again. We're coming off the back of three wins, so we have a bit of confidence. They probably felt they should be on more points maybe and maybe got a win against Bowes last week. But again, it just goes to show that every team in the league is competing. Every team wants points. There's no team that's sitting back and getting hockeyed by everyone. It's competitive. And if you take the hand off the mark, like then 
they're going to draw points from you. So it'll be an interesting one and another exciting one. There's the fact you actually have a couple of training sessions to, to, to prepare for them this week. That's probably a bit of a bonus as well. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll go into training tomorrow and it'll just be a bit of light kick around recovery and then it'll be all focused for the rest of the week on DLR for next Sunday. Obviously just a couple of things I do want to touch with you before we do we do let, let go. Um, something that we did mention a little bit when we were off here. Your, your little sister, your younger sister seems to be playing a lot of football now. You see she's with Douglas Hall. Could she be the next new one to make the step to Cork City? She was with Cork City 17s last year and she loved it. So she was doing very well for them. But I think it was the best thing for her to do was to go back and play with Douglas Hall Seniors just to make, just so she can make that step up. She's only turning 18 on Saturday. So she's still young. Loads of potential, loads of energy and fantastic feet. So to be honest, I think if she wanted it, yes, she could. Is she better than me? Definitely. So yeah, I think if she does want to be a superstar, she's well able. That's a big statement coming saying that the younger sister's better. But like, this is probably the sort of time where you see a lot of people are calling for it now, where maybe an under-19 to win this National League, for people like likes your sister, would have been great because, as you say, the step up from 17 to senior, unless you're the elite of the elite, it's a massive gap. And she learned an awful lot playing for Douglas that, Maybe she could have bridged that gap if we did have something in the middle for them sort of players. Because we look at, we're now what, into, our, into our third season of the under-17s league. A lot of them players wouldn't even be, wouldn't even be playing at this stage now in, in the top levels because there's just not enough clubs to go around. Yeah, definitely. She was definitely hoping that there would have been a 19s team. But because the step up for her was was quite big and she was out training with Cork City Seniors but I think she knew herself that she needed to get a bit of game time so she went back to Douglas Hall and she was playing two games a week and um, you can even see it in her now her strength is getting better and her awareness is definitely getting better it's, it's tough for girls that are on the borderline of wanting to be on a senior team but they're just that bit too young and they could do the 19s team and I'm sure that 19s league would be really really strong as well so yeah hopefully I think we will be happening in the next two or three years that there will be one because when you made the step up from underage football to senior, the league maybe wasn't as strong in terms of a lot of play, a lot of the clubs. Like for a long time, Cork City struggled to get results. You know, you're on the back of heavy defeats at times. But like when you stepped up, it was it was a lot different to even when you step up now. Yeah, definitely. When I stepped up, it would be two training sessions a week. I'm very basic. Go out and enjoy your football and try to get a win. There wouldn't be as much tactics. Wouldn't be as professional. Now, we're training four days a week. We wear GPSs every single training session, every single match. We're constantly on to each other, doing different things for the team. It's, it's nearly like a full-time job at times. It really is. It is intense. It's tough going. But it's a lot more professional now, and it's a lot more competitive than it would have been previously. It would have been three or four top teams, and two or three maybe even, and the rest would just be there to kick a ball. But now, as I said, if you take your foot off the gas, then any team is in to take points off you. How does it how does it compare, say, to the other the other environments that you've been in? Because obviously you would have played college college sports as well, as well as ladies' football. Because every time you look at the National League, this the step up in terms of the way teams are going with the training, as you said, three, four nights a week. How does it compare to the professionalism that you see in the other? Because we know the likes of Cork Ladies Football have been a dominant side for years up until recently. So like they've always had a a rigmarole set up, a setup that's regiment, they were always successful. How does things like Cork City compare to that? To be honest, it excites me because for the next generation coming up, I think it's going to be a lot different for them. It's going to be, you're coming into a professional environment. When I joined the Cork Senior Women's 
I the step up for me from being with Cork City I thought at the time it was professional but going into the GA environment when it's not a professional club no one's paid it's we're all amateurs still it was very kind of scary in a way of how professional they were compared to the soccer and how serious they took things compared to the soccer but I think the soccer is getting to that stage now that it's nearly like your job you have to look after yourself you have to be at every session nearly whereas before it would be if you came to one set two sessions a week and you missed one it would be fine in GA if you miss a session it's not it's not acceptable you don't miss one so I think we're getting there definitely it's getting a lot more professional even with food before games gear set up for training food after training like I've always had that with the Cork Senior set up with the GA and now it's definitely coming on board with Cork City and it's a lot more organised and as I said professional like realistically we just need Ireland to maybe reach a major championship to push the league on to another le- to the next level because that's where you'll be able to grow, you'll be able to attract business because we look at the league at the moment, the marketing probably isn't anywhere near it should be. Like you look at ladies football and you look at Lidl, what they're pumping into it, what the other sponsors are pumping into it. Whereas with the soccer, I think we just need some big breakout moments, whether it be international or something to happen here where it be a team to do well in the Champions League for a major brand to come in and say that's a, that's where I can I can focus I can focus on and I can help grow that because if we don't something like that as you say we can continue to cr- close the gap to other sports in this country because we have the products the product gets better year on year the players that come into the league get better year on year but it's just about helping to grow it off the fit, off the pitch so then as you say the next generation may have the opportunities to say you mightn't have at the moment whether it be down the line that we could potentially see something like a League of Ireland stage where you have a semi-pro professional teams like that surely has to be the aim for the league yeah definitely now I think like you look at going to Crow Park how much of a big day it is what is it 40,000 in the crowd like insane and then you look at now we're not going to have the FA Cup final in the Aviv anymore you're saying are we going backwards in that way? How is, why is that happening? I think that would be one for me is a bit of a question mark saying we're going so good, we're getting, we're going so much more forward and we're taking a little step back like that. Like for me definitely, playing in the Aviva, playing Crow Park were my goals as a child and I'm like, I would say that to my mum, they were two things, win or lose, play there. Now I've won it in the Aviva, bonus, I'm yet to win in Crow Park but now that it's moved to Tala, I think just the fact playing the Aviva is just such a big, important day, especially for girls. It's just, it's a whirlwind really and it's something that everyone wants to do, looks to do. So I think they need to try to get that back on board. Hopefully, as you said, we have a big breakout, can take it that next step into the next level, get a few sponsors on board and it will increase it again. I think, but I do think a lot more people are starting to come to Women's National League games because the standard is getting better. A lot more people are watching our games, interested in our games keeping up to date on Twitter before we didn't have all that just like just to pick up on the point you said about the cup final moving out to Tala from the Aviva I'm not I'm not pleased over I said I'll get behind it and I'll help support it the way I have done and everything the league but for me I have a lot of questions that still need to be answered like I was speaking to to someone in one of the clubs the other day and the question that we that was said to me when we were chatting about this is people go to the Aviva because it's the Aviva it's a day out in the Aviva Will them say? Will all them same people still go to Tallah Stadium, or will yeah. we only get the the core base that go that go to the league or follow the league that that come to the cup finals? Will they just go to Tallah? Because realistically, the Aviva is the Aviva. Like my opinion is that if you don't want to play it the same day as the men's cup final, I'm fine with that. Give the give the women their own day. 
let's build it to to where we can build it. Maybe have an under seventeens league final or under seventeens cup final. Have something on beforehand and actually build it properly. Maybe the first year, this was said. What was said to me the other day? Maybe the first year you have to give the tickets away. You don't make a profit on it. You know, you tell people you walk up, you show up, you come and watch it. Because all you need to do is get people to come once and have a good product on the day because they'll come again. Exactly. And I think the GA have really proven that. They've gave a lot of clubs tickets. Then they clubs want more tickets because all the young kids want to go on that day out. They want to go and bust their friends up to support their county. And some of them probably don't even know what's going on, but they probably have the best day ever heading up to Crow Park, having so much fun with their friends, watching a match, good atmosphere. That's what it's all about. It's all about enjoying the day. And I do think just taking that step back, going to Tala, why is there a need? Why can't we just stay in the Aviva? If they, if they want, as you said, if they want their own day, then give the girls their own day. I'm sure if we can promote it well enough, we'll get people in. It might not be the crowds that we, ha- we want or we need, but every step helps and steps the right way forward. I just don't think we exploit the girls' stories enough. You know, we don't get enough of the, the stories. Everybody, like most, most girls have a story to tell, you know. Most, most of the players have a great story to tell. And I just don't think a lot of people know them stories. Like, you know, you see it with the men's internationals. They nearly know who everybody is. They know who they've played for as a kid. Whereas with the women's, at the moment, they don't maybe know all them players. But that's the sort of thing that if we build our own day, we have our own media day, we have everything for the girls. And we just build it because it's, it's it's a it's a process and like realistically we we've made some great steps over the last couple of years with the league and it's just about we want to either we either want to say we want to push it or they either want to say we don't want to push it we don't. but if they don't want to push it to where it needs to be they need to tell us why because telling people we're only going to go so far what it'll do is it'll attract it'll, any of these good players who are good at ladies football good at camogie. Like I'm gonna, you do both. You do both. But you look at someone like a Lauren Holman, who was a very good soccer player, has yeah. went off to play Camogie with Cork and has won All Irelands, and is doing very, is doing very well. You know, Sarah Rose, another example, went with Mayo. Only plays at Mayo now. Doesn't play, doesn't play soccer. Like there's so many of them that we lose, where we should be trying our best to keep them and promote them and, and build them. Yeah, I completely agree for sure. I think the professionalism in the GA attracts the girls because they're getting. You get the publicity, you get, as you said, the media days. You get that buzz, you get that adrenaline from feeding off fans and supporters. Whereas in soccer, we're yet to find that. Now, I do think you go to an international women's game in Tala five years ago, how many people are there? You go to one now and it's packed. So I think that is really beneficial. And a day, as we said, a day out. And everyone's starting to enjoy and starting to know the Katie McCabe's players on the team they want to know and they look up to them so that's another bonus for us but I just hope the next few years we can get Tala full we can all support each other nearly like I'm sure if Cork City aren't playing a lot of us will head up on the way and support other girls in the league who will be playing hopefully we will be playing and then hopefully in a couple of years you can be back in the Aviva and it can be a huge day and I want to remember for sure Absolutely, absolutely. But just a couple of couple of quick things before we do finish. Like just even just to make one point you said there. Like even if we get to a stage that the women are too small for Tala, that we have to move them to the Aviva would be would be superb. You know, yeah. maybe if we get a friendly against the states, the states travel in massive numbers. People will come out to watch the states. That'll be the sort of thing that maybe if we don't qualify for a tournament, that that's the the boost we need to the women's game. 
But just in terms yeah. of one thing I did, two things I want to finish off with. You got to mention in Jackie Hurley's Girls Play Strong Book, Inspiring Stories of Irish Sports Women. That must be quite nice to get a mention in that. Yeah, Des, to be honest, I didn't expect it. It was only my uncle was listening to Jackie on the radio and she mentioned my name. And he said, did you know you're in that book? And I said, no. I was like, we were actually supposed to get it, but I never did. So my dad went down and got it. And yeah, it was a great feeling when you work hard and you get that recognition off someone like Jackie and to be in a book with the likes of Denise, Katie, Taylor. It's like, it's it was quite mind-blowing, to be honest. I was kind of in awe. And there was like such other talented people that I know that weren't in it. And I was kind of in my head, why am I the chosen one? But yeah, it was, it was really a nice feeling um, to get that recognition. It was an absolute, it was superb. It was great to see. Last question I have for you now. We spoke about your sister, a little word. Your brother is a photographer with sport, uh, sports world of him, correct? Yeah, sports world of yeah. him, correct? He's got the photographer to, to take photos of some of your big days, some of your big successes. The one that comes to mind for me was the All Ireland, I think it was the minor, minor ladies football final where another ex-Women's National League player was involved as well. The picture with yourself and Roisin McGovern, he's taken some brilliant pictures of you over the years. Yeah, he definitely has, especially the big days. It's great having him there. I'd always be one, I suppose. On the big days, of course, you're nervous. And I'd kind of look into the crowd to find my dad, my mum, make sure they're there nearly. But even the day of Co Park losing against Dublin in your first All-Ireland Senior Final, isn't the nicest feeling and having your brother on the pitch with you and coming over to give you a hug when you, your parents can't come onto the pitch it was a really it was a happy moment I suppose and I think it was a really proud moment for my family and my parents for sure seeing their two kids on the big stage both doing what they love so yeah it's, it's really nice having him there he doesn't always take the nicest photos of me but <laughs> most of them are quite nice so we'll give him that and have you got many of them framed up around the house yeah, we would, to be fair. The one that we look back on most together wouldn't be of him taking one of me. It's the one his friend Sam took of me and him the day of losing in Dublin. We're giving each other a hug and it's a, it's a lovely photo. I, and it's saw, I saw that photograph. It's lovely. It is. It's a... Yeah, it's one of the memory books, definitely. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when Ashley Maloney ran onto the pitch after Mayo's All-Ireland Final a couple of years ago when she won the Intermediate with Tipperary, when she runs on the camera and runs to Sarah Rowe just to console her after it. Like, sometimes it's just that, having that one person come to you at the final whistle, you know, it's not a, yeah. it's not a player who you play with, it's somebody who cares about you. Yeah, just, like, it's great having your teammates there and but having that person that's really close to home and knows exactly what this means to you right by your side, it's emotional and we're honoured. We're honoured, like, the three of us that we have each other. And, yeah, doing what we enjoy together is is great. Yeah, no, absolutely. I won't keep you anymore, Saoirse. I do appreciate the time today. But one thing I will say is I've no doubt you will lift the Brandon Martin Cup. I just hope it's not against the Dubs. That's the only <laughs> thing I will say. But I wish you the best of luck for our Sunday's game against DLR Waves and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you very much, Aaron. Best of luck. I enjoyed that chat with Saoirse. I love the story about her brother Owen. The image that was even put on social media last night of where he's giving her a hug in Crow Park and was taken by another sports photographer. Saoirse is a serious athlete. She can go a long way in either Gaelic football or soccer. You know, she's the the, the, the attention to detail. She's a top-class athlete and you just, wish, you just wish her the best of luck. Before we do hear from Karen Duggan, we'll mention the weekend's results. On Saturday, Pima United beat Galway 2-1. DLR Waves drew nil all with Bohemians. On Sunday, Cork City beat Athlone 2-0. Treaty United lost 5-1 to Wexford Utes. In the under-17s league, there was a couple of back matches played. Last Wednesday, P-Mount United beat Shamrock Rovers 4 goals to 1. On Saturday, Donegal League, 
lost 3 2 to Sligo Rovers. Also on Saturday in Group 1, at Lone Town, beat Piedmont 5 goals to 1. On Sunday, Carlo Kilkenny lost 4 0 to Treat United in Group 2. And in Group 3, Shells beat Bray Wanderers 2 1. And Cork City beat Wexford Utes 2 goals to 0. Some great football being played in that under 17s league at the moment. You just look at the Cork and Wexford game in particular. Both sides have been going so well, scoring lots of goals. But now we'll hear from Karen Duggan. I'm joined by Piedmont United midfielder Karen Duggan. Karen. <laughs> a hard-fought battle, 2-1 victory against Galway. Give me just your thoughts on the game. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a battle, to be fair, and they're off the back of um, a good result against Shells, and obviously we didn't play as well as we, we could have last week. I think we nearly followed that through in the first 10 minutes. We were poor, but once we got the first goal, we settled a bit and came into it, but to be fair to Galway, they came out all guns blazing in the second half, and to be honest, it was just one of those games you had to grind out. Especially after the back of last week's result, you fall behind very soon after the game starts. It must have been that must have been disappointed. That was the one thing you probably would have talked about getting a good start. Yeah, we did. So that's something for us to take away and work on. Obviously, that won't fly against uh, shells um, in our next game. So plenty to work on, but happy to just get three points on the board. To be fair, when you when you got the, when you got the, when you when they scored, you you come back into the game after a little while and then on your on your score from the penalty spot. But you got a goal then just before the break as well. A lovely strike. Give me your thoughts just when when you seen yourself in the space. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think I get tracked uh, sometimes because I think people don't expect me to shoot. Um, but the girls did great build-up play and it just it sat up nicely for me. And luckily I connected and it was just before half-time. So it gave us a, a bit of uh, momentum going into the second half, which I think we needed. Probably the worst time to come for half-time, especially after scoring like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I think we needed to regroup. I don't think it was our best first half. So I think we needed to get in and just kind of get that out of our system. And But luckily we were doing it with a bit of a cushion of a lead. Was a performance like that sort of something you needed? A dogged, determined performance, you know, where it's all guns blazing, it's a full battle? Yeah, I think so. I mean, last week we played nice football, but we got a bit bullied around the place. We didn't want that to happen today, and I don't think we did. Um, so we can, if we can bring the football side in with that kind of doggedness, I think, um, I think we'll improve as the season goes on, but we need that to kind of kick in straight away if we're to keep tabs on, on Wexford and Shells and, and the likes of Galway who are, who are going strong as well. A little break now, internationals next week, you're not back to, to, till the week after, and as you say, a meltwatering test, Talca Park, Shelburne. Yeah, obviously it's the it's the local rivalry, um, there does be a few crossroads in, in those games, but I think both teams look forward to it. Um, yeah, so all we can do now is focus on that, obviously we'll be missing a couple of the girls, but um, we've a big squad and we're going to be focusing fully on that game for the next couple of weeks. Karen Duncan, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Millionaire. If you haven't had the chance to see Karen's strike on social media, I'd definitely advise you to go to the P-Man Twitter or, or social channels because it's all over. Just before she hit it, I remember saying to myself, she's going to strike this and she's going to score. And lo and behold, bam, top corner. Lovely finish. She doesn't score often, but they really just sat off her. My next guest hit a chord of what we were speaking about here and it's something that I've been saying for a while regarding the selection of the Ireland team I've always had lots of question marks if, you, if anybody heard the interview I done with Dublin CDFM earlier in the week I gave my points my valid reasons that players I'd like to see in the squad who aren't there the likes of Claire Walsh or Eleanor Ryan Doyle your Izzy Atkinson your Jess Sue even the Emily Whelans because these players have been playing superb and I'll be interested to see what people have to say regarding what Billy was talking about I'm joined by Galway boss Billy Cleary Billy two undefeated against Piedmont United's you can see you were disappointed at the end. You pushed bodies forward late trying to get a, get an equaliser. Just couldn't get Yeah, we did. Listen, I don't think it was a great game of football by either team, really. And um, we just didn't show up today, really. Didn't play. And um, 
I suppose with 10 or 15 minutes to go just we were lumping balls and not retaining balls we just decided to be a bit more direct and we just pushed Maeve up in the last 5 minutes we threw Sean up there as well just trying to get on the end of a set piece anything at all because it just wasn't happening for us we just had a bad day at the office You couldn't have got off to a better start though? Yeah, we did. We got off to a great start, you know, and again, we contained Piedmont and again, Lindsay had it. She got a great finish for that goal, but she also had two great effort chances after that and from similar positions, you know, and, um, you know, a bit disappointed, um, you know, she didn't convert them and I suppose then we go up the other end and we give away a silly penalty, you know, a bit of indecisiveness and cost us dearly. The second goal they got, the strike from Karen Duggan, your players just sort of sat off for a little bit and let it come forward. Yeah, yeah, we did, you know, the ball, I think it was Saeed that had it off on the left-hand side and it came across in, ball was set, set up nicely for Karen and just didn't apply enough pressure and crack and strike from her in fairness, you know, I'm not sure there was too much Amanda could do about it, but yeah, it was disappointing to come so close to half-time, especially it was tricky conditions there, I suppose tactically the wind did have a bearing on the way we set up and the way we were trying to play and um, like I say, we just probably conditions we took our eye off the ball with the the conditions as opposed to the, way, the style of play we were trying to impose and what we normally do and try and pass the ball you know in, t- in terms of the game itself when, even when you push the players up top you struggle to sort as you say to keep the ball down and even test the keeper yeah I don't think we created a really clear shot there was a couple of little tail marys into the box and a couple of scrambles but uh, no we had no real uh, chance of notice that you could say so it was and the, the game sort of petered out you know I don't think even Piedmont didn't push on too much like I say I just think it was a poor game overall from both sides having a break next week good or bad thing yeah listen sure it is what it is there's not too much we can do about it you know I would love to have got a fixture in next week because we've we have a back fixture I suppose with Wexford and God knows where they're going to fit that in because there's no there's no way teams are going to be travelling to Wexford on a Wednesday night or midweek because we definitely won't be um, so they're going to have to do something or come up with some solution with that because by the looks of things the only place we can get that in is for them to push the season back a week because there's nowhere for it to play and like I say we're not going to Wexford on a Wednesday night Billy, just just a, a little reflection though in terms of your side as well, as well. Like you can even see now, you're bringing on quite a lot of youngsters as well, and you've got more players getting the experience at this level. It seems as though every time I watch you, you've built you built on. You bring that extra one player on, no matter how many players you lose. I always bring them one or two extra young kids into the side, and they seem to excel. Like you look at the likes of Sean O'Brennan. Yeah, look, I suppose this season for us, uh, Sean O'Brennan and Therese Canavy have you know, pushed on and they've got involved and Sean has started every game. I think Therese has started three and come on in the other two games, you know, so it's great, you know, but at the end of it all, you know, you play against Piedmont today, they have vast experience. I see today, they, they, um, I think it was Della played centre-half for them, you know, it was great to see, but, um, but at the end of it all, look, we want to be winning. You know, this, this, this is the model victories are no good in bringing players on. We want to compete, we want to be up the top, we want to be in the mix with the top teams and if you look at any of the, the top teams in the league your your Wexfords they have a couple of young ones you know your 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 Piedmonts your Shelburne there's not too too many 16, 17 year olds playing in them teams you know the girls have, have got good experience in the last few years you know and again we'll be looking to bring players through as all the teams are but there's a massive gap between playing under 17 football and playing senior football and that's again We'll be sitting on our hands for another six months and the FEI will decide to go talking to us about another 19 league and it's too late. We need to be planning now. We need to know now. We don't need to be waiting for another end of season and we'll have an idea. The FEI have to make a decision. What's the way forward for the Women's National League? Make a strategic plan for the Women's National League. You know, it's not on. You know, from my point of view, or I don't think from any of the other managers' point of view in the league, this is a priority. 
you know I know Mark Scanlon got involved he's must be two three months in the job now again this has to be on his agenda should be on his table again should be engaging with the clubs to sort this out again I don't see much interest from the women's national league manager how many games has she attended she's a year and a bit in the job how many women's national league games has she attended if it happened to Trapatoni, Mick McCarthy, they'd be singing like canaries from the rooftop saying, why aren't they coming to League of Ireland games? Would it happen in the men's game? I don't know. Now, I know Eileen has attended games, but again, you don't send your assistant manager. You go and you look at the players yourself. Yeah, and no. that, that said, we wish the women's national team the very best of luck next week and a week, you know, in the next couple of weeks with very important fixtures. But like, the women's national league is the backbone of that international team for the next 20 years. And it's not getting the attention it deserves. But even just just to add to that point, looking at the players that have come through the league that are now playing abroad, like your Katie McCabe's, your Louise Quinn's, so many of them have played in the league. Megan Campbell, they've all played in the league before going abroad. Absolutely, but I suppose it's great that the girls from the Women's National League, even here, great to see the young girl from Wexford, Ellen, getting called up. But to be called up without a manager ever seeing you play in person, you know, I don't know, just... It's strange to me. Baffles me as well. Yeah, it's strange to me. And again, that's why they should be on the ground over here. You know, and I'm very passionate about it. We're trying to develop the game over here. And it starts at the very top. You start at the top. If I'm the manager of the Women's National League, you need to be here looking at games. And that's the end of it. And you can look at them at Wisco, look at them in Huddle. We're a year and a half or a year and a bit in the job, no games. Yeah, I totally, so the, I proof, totally, proof, the proof is in the pudding do we care about the league I totally agree I totally agree with that like, there's only so much even the likes of ourselves can do to, to build a league that you but know they have to come and they are, but, it, but everyone is afraid to talk about it Aaron do you know everyone is afraid to talk about it because oh, it's, it's, it's anti the women's national it's, it's far from it this is an important part of the whole project for the FEI I believe going forward and if it's not just say it because this is where all your players are going to come from for the next 20 years. So now, mind it, take care of it, nourish it, grow it. Let's all try and have a, a helping hand in doing it. Because that's all we're doing, the clubs. We're just a helping hand, trying to bring things along and trying to give me personally and our club. And we have a very small club with a very committed group of individuals looking after two teams and we're trying to give the girls from the west of Ireland the best possible chance they have to fulfil their potential with our club and hopefully the knock-on club affected that they might open up opportunities for them doing professional soccer whether it be college or whatever it may be or please God some of them would love to go on and play in the professional game that's what we're doing and the knock-on effect of all them things then was hopefully that the women's national team please God we might get a couple of players in that squad but just Billy, just if we, if, we, if we look at other managers, like Colin Bell spent quite a lot of time in Ireland. He was at games, you know, he actually, he actually made the effort as well as sending his assistant. He did. Colin Bell, Colin Bell came down to Galway, spent three hours with me in the Lockray Hotel. Um, every other week he was ringing me about players. Um, you know, he had a vested interest. He actually knew the vast majority of my player, our players by name. I didn't have to go telling him. He knew exactly who the players were. I'd just like to see the same replicated now. You know, it's awfully easy, like I say, we want to know all the best elite players from the country. But look, you got to be there. you got to look at them. you got to see their attitude. You can't tell that or you can't even have second-hand opinions of that when you're making such vital decisions in relation to players' careers and pathways and international caps. They deserve to be view- looked at and viewed uh, with an honest opinion and see are they up to the mark. 
I would agree with that. Like one thing, one thing for me, and, and Vera said on a media call to us recently, she hasn't been in the country since March. But surely, if that's going to be a case, and you know the league is coming back, that you pace yourself in the country for a month or two, and then you you go and watch all these players because same as you said, like you're looking at how can you how can I can stream a game, but how can someone take a proper opinion of that if they're not standing literally ten fifteen feet away from it because a video camera doesn't do justice. Yeah, look, I'm not saying she they have to go to every game. But, like, there's no reason, like, you go there, I know, for example, P Mountain Shelburne, there's, I think in the first squad, there was seven or eight players from both them teams in the provisional squad of 30 players. You know, them players deserve to be looked at. You know, not taking second-hand information off anyone or an assistant. They deserve the time and effort to go. You, you mightn't like their character. You mightn't like their attitude. You mightn't like something about them. But yet, how do you know when you don't go and look at them? And these are the things. They're small things, but to to me, who I'm a I'm a women's national league manager, and I want the league to grow. I want the league to do well. I want the players to be given the best possible opportunity to go and excel and exceed. Whether it be my club, James's club, Dave's club, Ron, Graham's club, they deserve that. At least they deserve to be looked at. You go, you look at. In fairness, James Scott, I see him regularly down at our under seventeen games. I see Dave Connell has been regular last year at our games, you know. But at the end of it all, if you're picking a squad for a senior international team, the senior international manager should be looking at the games. Can I just give you one quick quote? Vera said to us in that media call, she said, I look after the international-based players, Eileen looks after the home-based players. I don't find that acceptable. I just don't find that acceptable. You know, you can, you know, even at that, she's, I hope she's going looking at the international players. I really do. Because I don't find it acceptable that you're a year and a bit in the job and you haven't come and viewed any women's national league game. I just do not think that's acceptable. I don't think any ma- Irish international manager in the men's game would get away with it from the media outlets in this country. I think they'd be absolutely castigated. So I think, hold it, we want to be treated the same. We want to set standards. <laughs> that's where it starts it starts at the top you look at Stephen Kenny I'm sure going to League of Ireland games regularly Mick McCarthy numerous times before that even Mick McCarthy has gone to numerous international games before that so this is where it starts standards you know we have to we have to drive them and they can't be ignored and like that Vera's boss is rude rude should be demanding of demanding it of the international managers that they're going out looking at the games Absolutely, but just just to pick up one final point on that, like if we've any aspirations of potentially ten, maybe ten years down the line of going this league going professional, this is the sort of things that need to be done now and not left to to down a couple of years ago. Like we've even seen, I know it's hard to break the judge between the the English WSL, but like the gaps they've taken, like you can even see you can even see everything that they do, it's on display. But I just think that we need to push it on, not necessarily like the clubs are doing so much, the me, some of the media do, do as much as they can. But as you say, we need a strategic plan. We need to know where we're going from here. Absolutely. You know, again, it's like everything. You have no plan, you have nothing. You know, we can all be off, you know, bits and pieces of work being done here, there and everywhere. You know, 
I don't believe in that. I see here, I, I know the underage international teams, I'm told, the managers, they've had to reapply for their jobs, like uh, like James Scott, Dave Connell, they all have to reapply for their jobs. And as part of that remit, or with one of the teams, the Emerging Talent Programme is going to go in under that. Now, the Emerging Talent Programme should be going in under the clubs, that the clubs are getting this funding, this help, this structure, that we can put a player pathway in place, rather than having three or four separate things going on. Join up all the dots, put them all together. It can be done. Because I know from our point of view in the west of Ireland, we have an emerging talent programme in here, you know, and we're hiring out different facilities, we're having different times. We're trying to streamline all that, that we know a clear pathway for all the elite players in the west of Ireland to go from the emerging talent programme or gainer cup squads into under-17 squads or under-17 development squads into under-19 squads, into under-senior squads, into world student game squads, whatever it may be. We don't have any of that. It's only not sure what's going on in my head in Galway or James might be in his catchment area here. I know he's involved at Maynooth. Run on down in Cork, doing the same. You know, a bit of joined up thinking. If we want to drive it forward, because at the moment, if we just, everybody is doing their own bits and pieces and at the end of it all, we turn around, we'll all be treading water and we'll all be going nowhere. Absolutely, I totally agree with you, Billy. Thank you very much for your time today. No bother, and thank you. Some people won't like Billy's comments. I agree with him totally. And I've met and. As I said earlier, I made similar points the other day. Billy also makes great great arguments about Colin Bell. As much as I didn't like his tactics, he used to always see him at games. Sports file or info to always have photos of him standing at games and stuff like that. So he, he always got around. And I've heard many stories that he was he was hounding coaches out. And that's what I want to see because that's always time for today, folks. We'll be back again soon with another episode. But I just want to thank everybody who joined us today and everybody who does listen in and for the continued support. I'm sorry we can't bring you more stuff from the Ireland camp this week. As I said on social media, we didn't get access to the media calls. But have a great day and thanks for listening.